I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Hello and welcome to Words of the Prophets, a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Aaliyah and today I'm here with Rivka. How are you, Rivka? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Excellent. I'm, yeah, sun's out and I'm here getting to talk about General Conference. It's the best. <laughs> Yay for the sun. How long has it been since you've seen, since the sun has been out? <laughs> well, I mean, we've had a pretty sunny like spring and coming into summer, which sounds silly because we're halfway through June, but a lot of times mm-hmm. our spring rains last until like the first week of July. So it's been a really <laughs> sunny yeah. spring here and that's been nice. So it was a little overcast yesterday and we have some rain coming up for a few days in the forecast, but by and large, it has been beautiful. Yeah. In the 12 years we've lived here, we have never had a spring that was this sunny and this dry and it's been amazing. Yeah. It's really wow. great. And very awesome. Well, and as previously discussed, lots of allergies, but we're just going to take it. Yeah. I continue <laughs> yeah, to just, cr- I just cry with joy. <laughs> cry with joy. Wonderful weather. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you win some, you lose some, you know? <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, Rivka, what invitations have you been working on? Oh, man. I feel like oh, I'm. Apparently late. none. No, I feel like I'm the lamest at this right now. Um, So I have been, from this conference, I have been working on um, the looking, remembering to see my practices, the way I practice my religion as um, evidence and opportunities to worship the Savior and kind of making that connection better in my mind. And it, it is still going well. I probably could be more mindful of it, but when I am thinking of it and when it occurs to me, it uh, I'm learning, you know, it's, it's helping to open my eyes to some things and it's slow going because sometimes my head is hard or my heart is hard, but, um, but I'm, I'm seeing it, especially in my temple attendance and that practice. It's been, hmm. um, yeah, because sometimes I think, I go to the temple because I am doing service or I go to the temple because I'm, you know, looking for answers or peace or something like that. But, and, and maybe part of it, at least for me is because I'm doing proxy work. So I'm thinking about the person who I'm, whose name I'm taking through. I, I just like, it's been interesting to pull out of that a little bit and just think about this as an act of worship. So yeah, it's good. Nice. Yeah, I have loved thinking about that um, invitation. I haven't done a whole lot of deep pondering on it, uh, but when it does occur to me, it it really does um, change the way I have that experience of whatever it may be, going to the temple or reading scriptures. So that's that was a really cool yeah. invitation. Uh, what about you, Burke? So uh, my things that I'm working on are writing down promptings I receive during sacrament meeting, and I'm still doing that. And of course, ministering is my all-encompassing one for the last couple of years. 
And yeah, I continue to, to work on both of them. The ministering thing that's been interesting to me that I've noticed is different about me is it used to be like, I would have a thought like, Oh, I wonder what that brother's doing this week or something. And I would just kind of, you know, do nothing about it. Just have the thought and be like, huh, I don't know. And now when I have the thought, like I text him, I contact him. And so I'm really just grateful for the little changes that, um, it has helped me to make. And I think a lot of that probably is the spirit telling me to do things that I used to just ignore. So it could be that these two invitations are actually fairly connected. <laughs> the idea nice. of getting inv- getting promptings and actually doing something about them. I think both of these have helped <laughs> me to work on that. So, Yeah. I think the spirit has a very um, integral part in ministering. Um, in the Epimesa temple, there's an Easter pageant that happens every year. And while I was on my mission, I got to go. And I remember watching, you know, this representation of Jesus Christ in this multitude of people. And yet he found a way to minister one on one. Yeah. But there was so many people on the stage. And so when I watched that, I was like, how does he know, like, who needs him? When, what do they need? And um, I'm, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure how he knew, but we know by the spirit. So we have spirit led ministering. That's like the way, the best way it works because it has to be individual and God knows his children better than we do. Yeah. So they go hand in hand. Um, I have still just been focusing on my Book of Mormon studies and there's not a whole lot to update there, but it is, it like I, I usually study the Book of Mormon and I focus on a particular topic. So I will read about faith or hope or meekness or mercy you know for for like half of the book of mormon and then i'll switch but this time around i'm just focusing on the savior because that's kind of what the invitation was and so that has been really good to just remind me how much the book of mormon teaches about him and that is in fact its main purpose is to testify of him so that's been really good um and speaking of that our talk today is called Focus on Jesus Christ, <laughs> and it's by Brother Milton Camargo. He's the first counselor in the Sunday School General Presidency. And so let's start with the fundamental doctrine. Burke, what did what stood out to you? Well, so I feel like if you're just going to do straight up fundamental doctrine, then I have to say where he says, I testify that the Lord Jesus Christ is a solution to even our most difficult problems, <laughs> period. Mic drop. Boom. But I knew everyone was going to probably mark that one. So I marked another one as well that I think goes along with it. And it says covenant keeping leads us to seek after whatever invites the influence of the spirit and reject whatever drives it away. Because when it comes to trying to apply that basic doctrine of Jesus Christ need to be central, this is how you actually do it. You've got to Mm -hmm. make covenants. You have to keep covenants. And in the process, the spirit will then change the influences even that you feel or the things that you desire. Nice. Because yeah, my biggest problem with not doing the right things all the time is sometimes I don't want to. So I need to change the want part. That's what I have to work on. Awesome. Well, I highlighted that same part. (laughs) 
that you read <laughs> the first one yeah uh it it did stick out to me though that he used the phrase i testify in the second sentence of the whole talk yeah and normally testifying comes like at the end like they'll usually teach the doctrine extend an invitation promise blessings testify that's just the pattern that's how it is with missionaries too yeah. but in this yeah. case he was like there's a problem in your life i testify <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that was really cool. Nice. Rivka, what about you? Uh, I mean, same. But I'll read one from the end. He said, the Lord Jesus Christ lives today. He can be an active daily presence in our lives. He is the solution to our problems. But we must, we must lift our eyes and raise our sights to see him, which he talks about in between the one that you guys read and that one. Um. But I was thinking as I read this, I was like, so the answer is Jesus. I yeah. I thought I was like, I should go back during the last two conferences and see how many talks say something to the effect of the answer is Jesus. I mean, there yeah. was one one last conference where that's the title, and then President Nelson, this conference, the answer is always Jesus Christ. But there have been so many in these last two conferences where it's like, it doesn't matter what your question or what your struggle is. The answer is, is Jesus Turn to him. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah. I think that's interesting. It's definitely a, a repetitive theme, which probably means it's something we all need to remember. Yeah. It's very important. And I remember in my seminary years, my seminary teacher would always say that um, he would ask a question. And if no one knew the answer, someone would just say Jesus. And he'd be like, you nailed it. Even if that wasn't what he was looking for. <laughs> Like, it was just a running joke that the answer is always wrong. Jesus. <laughs> Can't go wrong. In some way yeah. or another, it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, yep. All right. Well, let's just open it up then to anything you want to talk about. Let's start with Burke. Well, I think it's kind of unfair that he adds extra problems here. When I was a missionary, we just had two problems we had to overcome. Just physical death and spiritual death. And he adds extras. I don't. I don't know that that's fair. <laughs> he doubled them. <laughs> or I guess four. I could say, if I was being optimistic, I'd be like, "Wow, he acknowledges there's even other hard stuff." So yes, physical death and spiritual death are big problems, but we also have to overcome just the sad, hard, uh, awful. What was it? Elder Renlund would call infuriating unfairness mm -hmm. of the world. So I love that that's in here. Like, yeah, we're going to get a little justice. That's great. And then our own personal limited imperfect natures. So I like his list of problems, <laughs> even though it's twice as many to deal with. <laughs> I, I don't think him adding it to the list made them present in our lives. <laughs> no, they didn't exist until he put them there. And now, now they're real to me. <laughs> it's like putting a deer crossing sign on a road. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sometimes they put them in the in the most inconvenient places. I was like, why can't the deer cross somewhere else? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, well, I'll just piggyback off of that and ask you a question. How have you seen um, Christ's help in overcoming one or all of those four problems in your life? Well, he hasn't help me overcome physical death yet. Personally, me, I mean, the work's been done, but I, I, I still have to test that one later. We're going to work on that one. And 
then obviously also the spiritual death. Um, so kind of plus minus on that one. Cause again, I won't actually know if I've succeeded until my spirit is reunited um, with my heavenly father. And again, I'm looking forward right. to that and the, the work has been done, but I think also this has overcome the spiritual death. Anytime that we find ourselves able to feel the spirit because mm. you can't feel the spirit if you're spiritually filthy for lack of a better term. And the way you get clean is through repentance. And that only works because the answer is Jesus. So for right. both of those things, yeah, work in project, working in projects, not the right word. Progress. progress. There we go. Work in progress. <laughs> I'm like, no, I said the wrong word. Can't think of the right one now. Um, but as far as the other one, so number two, the dealing with the sadness, pain, and unfairness of the world. I really love the idea of being seen by my savior um, as an individual that he really does understand how hard things are for me. And there have been some parts of my life that were really dark and really hard and my health was really bad. And, and I don't know that knowing any of this necessarily made it easier. The time still sometimes went really slowly and I just wish those moments would pass, but I was still happy to know that he cared even in the middle of that. And then if I was going through it, that there was a reason for it as trite as that may sound. Um, and then obviously with the fourth problem, yeah, this helps me not feel so guilty all the time about the fact that I'm not as good as I want to be. I mean, sometimes it's okay to acknowledge that, yeah, you're most of the time you're not going to be as good as you want to be. And Christ understands that. Provide some hope. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, there's a lot of them on that list that are works in progress, but it's still, it's, and both of them are the ones that you taught as a missionary. So, yeah, <laughs> <exactly. funny>. but, <laughs> <laughs> but it is good to know that Christ can help us, uh, you know, now and later and in heaven, like he's, he's always relevant no matter where you are in life. So, um, Rivka, what do you got for us? Um, aside from the fact that Brother Camargo is clearly a kindred spirit of mine with two beautiful lists of, of four items. One, are they, are they equally beautiful, the lists, or is one more the, beautiful than the other? No, they're <laughs> equally beautiful. One with cardinal numbers, one with ordinal numbering. Like, it's, it's great. I love everything about that. If you don't know what those are, Google it. Anyway, um, here's one of the things that I loved in this talk. Um, that's <laughs> my husband. Cackling. Hang on, hang on. I'm trying to pull it together. Well, you and I mean, I expected nerd, and you and full nerd, and I just I wasn't expecting the full send on that. So that was great. All right, them. carry I on. Know. I got it. That's not what we're here to talk about, but yeah, it brought joy to my soul for sure. <laughs> okay, onto the gospel. Um, one of the things that I loved in under the the fourth problem are limited imperfect natures. Um, he says, 
and well, and this is a quote. I don't know who this quote is from. I should have looked it up. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, maybe it's just the formatting where I am. He says, he doesn't just erase our errors and make us innocent again. He can work a mighty change in our hearts that we have no more disposition to do evil, but to do good continually. And I spent some time this week thinking about this and um, feeling an increased gratitude for the process of repentance as I, I kind of, I don't know, and a deeper appreciation for this idea that when, um, when we repent, we get, it, we talk about it a lot like we, we get a clean slate, which is true. I mean, you know, we're, we're cleansed and the errors are erased, but it doesn't put us back to the point where we were before we made that mistake. He, he quite literally uses it to our benefit and we come out of that with a mighty change wrought in our hearts through his power. And so we are better than we were before. And that is just staggeringly beautiful to me that that not just like we don't just have the blessing of being cleansed from our sins that we will commit and and the things that we will struggle with but when we turn to the savior he cleanses it but he also uses that to improve our souls and make us better i don't know it blows my mind that's really cool. I haven't thought about it like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So I, like another reason to not be afraid of repentance. You know, right. like you will come out of that better than you were before you had your struggle. I don't know how he does that, but but it's true. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I can think back on my own personal experiences and that has been the case. So right. I'm not saying go out and sin so you can become better. But I'm just, I'm just saying when inevitably you do that, because we all do, don't be afraid to, to seek the Lord and to go through that process because you will be improved through it. Not just, it's not just a reset button, you know, it's a level up. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Okay. Well, I highlighted a part under the section focusing on Jesus Christ through covenants. So he tells, he summarizes a story of the people of Ammon and uh, they're the people who buried their weapons and made a covenant that they wouldn't be violent anymore. And it uses the phrase that they be, it says that they became perfectly honest and distinguished for their zeal towards God. And so I was thinking about this and I am wondering if we or I am distinguished from my zeal toward God. Like, is that something people know about me? Is it evident? Uh, Is it being shoved over their heads or is it just like a part of who I am? (laughs) And the way that that comes about is through living our covenants, just like those people did. And so I thought that was an interesting... um, description that they were distinguished for their zeal towards god so are we willing to be the same (laughs) hopefully yeah it's interesting it doesn't say ostracized for their zeal towards god yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
Because <laughs> I have to say, in my life, that's been more of the experience, but sure. Yeah. Oh, that's a distinguishment of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> True. Maybe not the one you wish you won, wish you had, but. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. What else stood out to you, Burke? Um, let's see here. Yeah, lots of good stuff in this section focusing on Christ through the covenants. I marked here where he says, The reward for keeping covenants with God is heavenly power, power that strengthens us to withstand our trials, temptations, and heartaches better, which of course is a quote from, would anyone <laughs> like to guess, that'd be our prophet, President Nelson. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, it was interesting to me. This is a little bit of a, of a side shift here, but it had, it had to do with this talk. Cause I was reading this and so many of the quotes that I loved in this are of course from president Nelson. So I had a, mm -hmm. a time this week when I was doing my scripture study and also listening to some accompanying um, podcast narrative on it. And I've been reading through Jesus Christ as well. And there was just this frustration of like, you know what? None of these people actually knows if this is, exactly what happened or what any of these people were thinking or what Christ really meant by this. There was just a moment I had of just like sublime frustration. It's like, it's really annoying to me that this is the best we got are these contradictory, really old, strangely worded accounts of the savior's life. And I was kind of saying a prayer in my heart, like heavenly father, how can a God who loves us really just leave us with this mess? You know, I think I felt a little bit like Joseph Smith, like how can you solve any of these problems with just an appeal to the Bible? And it was like the spirit tapped on my shoulder and was like, um, um, it's okay. We have a prophet. And, uh, so yeah, when I was reading through this and every time I got a quote, I was like, Oh, that's a great quote. Let's check the foot. Oh yeah. That's president Nelson. And again, that's president <laughs> Nelson. And I was just grateful again, like, I'm so glad we have a prophet so that when he speaks, we can be like, this is the word of God through the prophet to us. So knowing that, I love how he says here that you just keep your covenants and you get power. I want more power because I feel like if I had more power to withstand trials, temptations, and heartaches, then I would have more spiritual poise, more Christ-like poise as well. So, mm. yeah. Definitely. That's really cool. I love that. <laughs> I'm so glad that we have a prophet. <laughs> yeah. Rivka, what else stood out to you? Oh, um, he says covenant keeping leads us to seek after whatever invites the influence of the spirit and reject whatever drives it away, which I feel like to me is a very good definition of the gift of discernment. Oh, and that is mm, yeah. something that I seek and hope for a lot. Um, and I think increasingly because um, our world that is now a world of anyone's truth is the truth. Mm -hmm. It gets really difficult sometimes to know what to think or how to react or interact sometimes, or, you know, there's just so many ideas and all of them are considered true by someone. And, you know, it gets especially tricky if it's about things that we don't have a lot from the Lord on at the moment. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I appreciated this reminder that on a, 
<laughs> maybe I'm like a personal, I don't know if need to know is the right way, but like in a situational, an individual situational way, our covenant keeping can bless us with the gift of discernment to know what to do, um, you know, on any given day or with whatever we may be dealing with at the time. And covenant keeping is a lot of work. So it's not like this is an easy thing. You know, it requires mm-hmm. a lot of us. But if we do the work of keeping our covenants and we pay that price, the gift of discernment is one of the things that that we get from it. And I think that's pretty awesome. I agree. Yeah. It's like a talk from, I think it was maybe last conference, that said the cost of discipleship is high because the gift of the Holy Ghost is priceless. Yeah. Yep. And like it's it's tough what we're asked to do. But in the end, it's because what we're getting out of it is is actually a lot more than what we're putting in, which doesn't it's not really fair, <laughs> but it's unfair in our favor. Life isn't fair. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> it's it's infuriatingly unfair, but in a really good way, which in helps a us great way counter- for us. <laughs> it helps us counterbalance the things that are infuriatingly unfair in the other direction for us. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Like I often say, when I was a kid, I was so excited about justice. And the older I get, <laughs> the more grateful I am for mercy. <laughs> yep. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I want everything to be All fair. Right. No, no, no. I don't want it to be fair. No, yeah. Yep. All right. I know what's coming my way if it is. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not have, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, let's have more unfairness in my favor. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, well, let's move to the invitations and promise blessings, of which there are many. <laughs> um, I'll read this one. I just saw the invitation part. I don't know if there's a specific blessing associated with this, um, but it says, This may mean that we have to change our vocabulary using kinder words. It could mean replacing spiritually unhealthy habits with new habits that strengthen our relationship with the Lord, such as daily prayer and scripture study, individually and with our family. So I guess the invitation is to make changes that will invite the influence of the spirit. And that could mean changing vocabulary, getting rid of unhealthy habits and creating new habits. Absolutely. And I think the blessing for that is in the next couple of paragraphs from president Nelson, where he talks about if we do that, then what we get is an increased access to the power of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. which is a pretty great blessing. It's very good. Um, Rivka, did you highlight any invitations and promises? Um, well, the whole second list is promises for the invitation <laughs> to, um, to embrace the fact that it's time for a home-centered church. Mm-hmm. Um, and he invites us to transform our homes into sanctuaries of faith. And so then he gives us four promises that will come if we do that, that our Sabbath days will truly be a delight, that our children will be excited to learn and live the Savior's teachings, that the influence of the adversary in our life and in our home will decrease, and that the changes we'll see in our families will be dramatic and sustaining. And I love that invitation. I have spent the last how long has it been (laughs) five years probably 
five years Mm -hmm. working hard to do this. And I can testify that these promised blessings come. And in many ways and in, and all the time, if we do this. Awesome. What have you done to transform your home into a sanctuary of faith and embrace come follow me? Ooh, can I answer that question for her? Oh, okay. I want to say something she's done. So Rivka has taken very seriously the idea of um, family. And when I say family, it's everyone but me because a lot of times I'm not here. But um, incorporating, especially as part of the the homeschooling that she did with the kids, having gospel study be built into that. And this second promise, your children will be excited to learn and to live the Savior's teachings. They are legitimately my kids super excited when they get to that part of the day where it's the gospel study part of the part of the mm-hmm. curriculum for the day. They really are. And I think about it as a kid where when my parents wanted to bring them around for gospel study, I always felt like, oh, okay, fine, you know, yeah, we'll get through this. And my kids are really excited because Rivka has made it fun and interesting. And I think just because she has this great love and enthusiasm for it that it infects everyone around her. So she will probably not have told it that way, but that was what I thought when I saw the second promise. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Rivka, anything to add? There you go. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> it's it's something I've, I've done the whole time. So I was grateful for the prophet's invitation, less because it, it made significant changes in what I was doing, but more because when the prophet gives invitations, they come with power and blessings if you follow it. And so I was anxious for the increased help as a, as a mother. And I've seen, I've seen that happen. I felt that happen. I felt an increase in, in um, divine help as I've done the work and I've seen it, the effects that it's had in my children and I continue to be grateful for the fact that like, because our son is serving a service mission from home beginning in a, you know, a couple of months, I have every expectation that we will just, we will continue to see this in um, more and better ways because we'll have one of his chosen servants here in the home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, this is, it's just one of those things that I can testify that this works because I've, I've done this pattern and by the way, not perfectly. So, I mean, I appreciate what Burke <laughs> is saying. I, I hope it does not give anyone the impression that this is like something we manage even to do every day or <laughs> that it always goes very well. It's, it's rough and bumpy, but um, the desire has been consistent and the attempts have been consistent. And so even with an, an imperfect and sometimes what feels like failed attempts, um, these blessings come. So again, with that more than I deserve, you know, unfair in my favor sort of a thing. So I just, I have a very deep conviction of of this pattern because I've watched it happen for years. And if it can happen for someone like me, it can happen for someone like anyone. Our family is not, our family is not perfect. Um, our home mm-hmm. is not perfect. And so, but it is, we are, and our home is better because we try to do this. Awesome. The prophets promises have power. <laughs> they they really, really do. Yeah. <clears throat>
All right. Well, we're just about out of time. Are there any other last things either of you want to mention? So I just marked one invitation where he says, could I suggest that you begin by making the words of Christ found in the scriptures a daily part of your life? So if you haven't yet, I would suggest start there. Another great invitation. Simple, not necessarily easy, depending on life circumstances, but definitely powerful and essential. Yeah, life. I love saying the scriptures. <laughs> it's the best. All right. Well, that is everything for this talk. Next time, we'll cover Have I Truly Been Forgiven by Elder... Oh... Brett Natress? <laughs> I don't know if I said that right, but <laughs> we look forward to talking about it. And if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Words of the Prophets Podcast, or at, you can email us at Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com. So until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit, and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.